Thank you for joining us here at Life Church. It's an honor to share God's word with you today. Our prayer is that you will connect with Jesus Christ as you hear his word online. We'd love to have you visit one of our upcoming gatherings. For more information, visit us online at www.liferva.org or contact our church offices and we'll be happy to help you in any way that we can. Let's go now to one of our recent services where you can experience a life-giving message from God's Word. Well, welcome to Jersey Sunday. If you're a guest and you wonder why you're seeing all these uh, jerseys on today, it's a day once a year that we kind of let our hair down a little bit, have a little fun uh, with the side of our lives that helps many of us keep in balance, and that's entertainment and sports and relaxation. It's a day that we kind of show our colors and our love for our teams and also kind of reminds us it's, it's good not to just take yourself serious all the time, right? Amen. And by the way, if you're a Cowboy fan, you can't take yourself serious. <laughs> right? Amen. So here's, here's what I know. Whether you like sports or not, it's good to remember that all work and no play makes Johnny a very dull boy, right? So I want to preach on this subject today, victory to victory, victory to victory. Now, sometimes being a fan of a team is tough because if you are a competitive person, you don't like to lose. How many competitive people do we have in the house today? All right, I like that. Amen. I like that. And if your team is mediocre at best, it really is a struggle. You know, for example, from my own life, which I love, my life is the best one that I know. If you pull from my pro football team, the Dallas Cowboys, it's like riding a roller coaster up and down, up and down, up and down toward your inevitable eight and eight season, right? I'm also a fan of the University of Virginia college sports. Football team is not good. Basketball team is better. So why is it that when your team is not doing good, it's just not that fun to watch anymore? And it's because winners hate to lose, right? And folks, I know I may sound old school when I say this, and it certainly goes counter to the culture of today, but I believe if you're going to play, you ought to play to win. Come on. There's some soccer moms right now that you don't like that, right? You know, you know. Everybody doesn't get a trophy, right? I believe winners ought to celebrate, and I think losers ought to feel a little bit of the sting of defeat. Amen? They ought to have to mope around for a day or two and try to do better the next time because, see, we learn life lessons in athletics and in life by winning and by losing, right? I enjoy sports, and anybody that knows me, they knows I'm not a sore loser, but I also understand I want to win. And I take sports. Now, when I was a young boy, I remember one time when the Cowboys lost in the Super Bowl, uh, I, ran, I went in my bedroom and I cried. Amen. Now, I mean, I, real tears. Now, see, I don't do that anymore because those guys, they don't sign my paycheck, right? And it's only a distraction from real life anyway. But if I'm going to put forth the effort to go to a football game, Or if I'm going to stay up late and watch a game, I'm just going to be honest. I want to do a victory dance at the end of the night. Amen? Amen. Come on. I want to play celebration on my iPhone. Amen? I, I want to do it. And because anybody can win on any given Sunday, the weakest team in the NFL can pull off an upset today. 
and they get to taste victory, even if it's just for a few fleeting moments. But I want you to know there's something better than just winning a game you shouldn't win. There's something better than winning uh, championships. It takes special people to become champions, but it takes even more special people to be repeat champions and go from victory to victory. Amen. In order to be a winning team, in order to not just settle for mediocrity, it takes a different chemistry. It takes a different heart. It takes a different strategy to be a champion. And then there's another level to being champions, and that's the highest level of all. That is being a repeat champion. See, anybody can win on any given Sunday. I've already said that. But it's another thing to win your division, and then it's another thing to win the Super Bowl. But the ability to repeat as a champion, to go from victory to victory, it's extremely difficult. For example, and this might surprise you, out of the last 14 Super Bowls, there have been 12 different teams that have won the last 14 Super Bowls. The only repeat is the New England Patriots. Out of the last 14 World Series, 11 different winners. The only repeat winners are the San Francisco Giants and the Boston Red Sox. Out of the last 10 NBA championships, seven different winners, with the exception of Golden State, who won four of those, and they've been dominating in the NBA for a while. Why is it so hard to be a repeat champion? Can you uh, be a repeat winner? How do you develop a championship culture? How do you go from victory to victory, not only in sports, but more importantly, what I want to talk about today, in your life as a believer? I want you to know you can go from victory to victory. You can create a winning culture in your life, in your family, and we can have a winning culture in this church. Come on, somebody. Yes, you can. If you look over the decades, look at those teams that have created undeniable winning cultures in their organizations. Now, I'm not just talking about the last 10 years, but I'm taking you take a long span of time. Look at the Green Bay Packers, the New England Patriots, and the Pittsburgh Steelers in football. Destinies, winning culture in those teams. Look at the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Cardinals in baseball. The Yankees, love them or hate them, the Yankees have owned baseball, right? I mean, they've got, I don't know the number, they've got 30-some championships. The St. Louis Cardinals are in second, and they are like 11 or 12. I mean, the Yankees have dominated. Look at the Chicago Bulls and the Lakers and the Boston Celtics in basketball. Look at Alabama and Ohio State in college football. Look at Duke and North Carolina and UCLA in college basketball. I'm talking about a winning culture over long periods of time. How do you go from victory to victory? How do you build a team that wins on a consistent basis? There's so many answers. Coaching, attitude, conditioning, Caliber of talent, all of that. But I also want to tell you, it requires a will to win and a will to keep on winning. Amen. A desire to not only win, but a fire that's in your belly to keep on winning over and over again. Amen. A desire to wake up every morning and say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Come on. A belief 
that even though I might have lost yesterday, I'm not a loser. Come on. I might have struggles last week, but I am still an overcomer. Amen. You got to have the mindset of a champion in order to go from victory to victory. See, your family might have gone through a rough season. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. Come on. You can be broke without being poor. Come on. You can be discouraged but not defeated. You can be down but don't count me out. Amen. Because my life is going to be one that goes from victory to victory. Is there anybody in the house that feels what I'm talking about today? You can see that in the greatest athletes of my lifetime. People like Michael Jordan and Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, Terry Bradshaw, Tom Brady, Jerry Rice. You notice I'm not mentioning any cowboy players, amen. <laughs> Even Tiger Woods back in his day or Mike Tyson when he used to dominate. These guys were winners at another level, amen. How do individuals play through injuries and break records at clutch times? They think differently. They train differently. Come on, somebody. They have a desire not only to win, but to win again. So my question is, how do we as believers in our day-to-day living, our day-to-day walk with God, not just settle for living at a level of mediocrity, come on, but live in a way where we wake up and we are moving from one victorious day to the next victorious day. Oh, I want to help somebody today. You don't have to be defeated. You don't have to live a depressed, beat down, discouraged life. Amen. That is not the will of God for the people of God. But what it requires is the will to win and to win again. The desire to go from victory to victory. It's an unwavering positive attitude. An incessant desire that makes me a champion over and over again. We need to be like the Apostle Paul when he said in Philippians chapter 3, In verse 12, he said, not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal. But notice, he said, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. You notice what he said? He said, I'm not focused on yesterday. I'm not focused on where I'm at right now. I've got my eyes on the prize, and I'm straining toward what is lying before me. In verse 14, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul said, I haven't already got it, but I'm still pressing on to take hold of it. I'm going to forget about what I've done in the past, my failures or my successes, and I'm going to continue straining toward what is ahead of me. I came today to tell somebody, don't quit. quit. Come on, hallelujah. Come on, if you lost yesterday, get back in the game today. Come on. If you didn't win last week, don't get lazy this week. Go from victory to victory in your life. In other words, do not quit if you want to reach the prize. Let me tell you about myself. If I'm playing Monopoly with you, (laughs) I'm just going to tell you right now. I love you, but I want to wipe you off the board. I want to get all your properties. 
I want to bankrupt you. I want to take your railroads and your get out of jail free card. Amen. Because the key to monopoly is to win, right? And if I'm going to play the game, especially one that takes two hours, I want to play to win, amen? If I'm playing checkers, I want to have at least one double jump in my repertoire. And I want to take your last little red checker that's clinging to life in the corner because I want to win. Hallelujah. And when I crossed over the line from being a teenage drug addict and soon-to-be alcoholic, when I made the decision to live for Jesus and I stepped across the line, guess what? I decided I'm going to be victorious in my walk with God. I am not going to let the devil do a touchdown dance in my end zone. Come on, somebody. He is not going to pour champagne with his demons on a victory in my life. Because when I decided I was going to live for Jesus, I decided I was going to win. Any winners in this house today? Somebody give God a praise. You need to make up your mind. I'm going to live from victory to victory. I am not going to let the devil hang a dark cloud over my head. I am not going to give him an inch in my life because I want to win and I want to keep on winning. As a former president said one time, he said, you're going to win so much you're going to be sick of winning. I don't know if that's possible, but I'll take it. Amen. See, in my prayer today on this Jersey Sunday is that not only would we be a body of believers that has occasional success. Come on. And wins occasionally. I want us to develop a mindset and a lifestyle and an attitude that says, I'm going to go from victory to victory. Day by day in my life. See, not only would we be a people who desire to have a few good days in our lives, but we need to be a people who live from victory to victory and want to keep on winning. I don't want to just win. I want to win again and again and again and again. If I wake up and the Lord has blessed me with breath in my body, guess what? This is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to make this a good day to the best of my ability and by the help of the Holy Ghost. Amen. See, I don't want to be a Christian that plays at 500. Come on. I don't want to be a Christian that has a losing record. Amen. I want to be a winner. Matter of fact, why would anybody who's a Christian want to barely be a winner? See, the Christian life is not designed to be a roller coaster of emotional ups and downs. You know what it ought to be like? An L.A. Laker three-peat. Amen. A New York Yankee World Series run. Come on, somebody. A UCLA college basketball run. It it ought to be the Portland Trailblazers winning and winning and winning. Come on. It ought to be us deciding that I'm going to be a winner. Because I'm going to tell you right now, part of getting there is thinking there. Part of achieving is setting your eyes on the prize. You need to get the mindset of a Tom Brady who says, I've won seven Super Bowls, but I'm not finished yet. Come on, see, we don't need to go from shouting on Sunday to pouting and depressed on Monday. God wants us to live from victory to victory, from strength to strength, from glory to glory. And our walk with Christ ought to be something that sustains us. 
through our day-to-day living on our jobs and in our families. It's the passion to keep on winning challenges that all of us are going to inevitably have. But say, I'm going to win, and I'm going to repeat, and I'm going to have victories in my walk with God. See, I say it all the time. Don't be content to just get by. Come on. Don't be happy with last year's triumph. Amen. Don't just accept this is going to be a bad day today. Come on, if you wake up and you have that mindset, you are already defeated. Don't say this is going to be a bad week. This is going to be a bad season of my life. You've got to decide you're going to keep on winning. Romans chapter 1 verse 16. For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. And here's what I like. Look at this. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scripture says, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Notice it says you can go from start All the way to finish by faith. It's through faith that we have life. Don't just start this race. Finish this race. Amen. From faith to faith. From glory to glory. From strength to strength. That's how our walk with God should be. The Bible's full of examples of individuals that went from victory to defeat, but also of those who went from victory to victory. Just one of those, for an example, is David. 1 Samuel chapter 17, it tells of David's victory of slaying a lion and a bear that took his lamb, a lamb from his father's flock. And then later on in the same chapter, it tells us about David's victory over Goliath and over the Philistine army. David just went from victory to victory. Now, if you read David's entire story, there's also some defeats in there. There's also some bad days in there. There's also, to be honest, some blemishes on his character and some marks that stained his reputation. But David said, my down days are not going to define me, and I'm not going to stay there. I'm going to get up again, and I'm going to fight to the finish. Because David was a champion. Amen. Do you have the passion to go from victory to victory? Passion is an intense emotion a compelling action, a desire to not quit. She's not in the room today, but I'm going to sh- give a little shout-out to somebody in our church that we all love, those of you who know, Mika Dorsey. Come on. She's not in here right now today, but let me tell you why I'm mentioning her. Mika has been needing a kidney transplant for years. If anybody knows how long, just shout it out and tell me. It's been a long, long time. Over 10 years, she's been on the waiting list. 10 years. And she's been doing everything she can. She's been trying to get her health in check. She's been trying to get her blood. And for 10 years, she's been waiting. And I've watched her. How many times does she have to get dialysis? Anybody know? Twice. Three, three times a week for over a decade getting dialysis. Saturday morning at 3 a.m., my phone rang. I keep my phone on. And if it's ringing at 3 a.m., it better be important. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, uh, and it usually is. So I picked up the phone, and I saw Mika Dorsey. I said, Mika, what's wrong? That was the first thing that came out of my mouth. Mika, what's wrong? She said, Pastor, I'm on my way to the hospital. I said, what's wrong? She says, nothing's wrong. They just called me in for my kidney transplant. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
<laughs> she said, I'm on my way to get my kidney transplant. Ten years of going to dialysis. Ten years of being told no, no, no. Ten years of being told. And then all of a sudden, she's just laying in her bed sleeping, and the phone rings. And today is your day. So you've got to have a heart that says, I will not quit. You've got to have a desire that says, no matter how difficult my journey is, I'm going to keep my eye on the prize. Amen. You've got to have a desire that says, I'm not just going to settle for losing. I am going to be a winner. I'm going to be a winner. I'm going to be a winner. David in 1 Samuel 17 and 45 said to the Philistine, you come to me with sword, spear, and javelin. I recognize your weapons, devil. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. Amen. The God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. You see, David understood something we all need to learn right now. The next time the devil gets in your face, tell him, say, hey, devil, you're not messing with me. You're messing with the God of the armies of Israel. You're you are defying him, not me. And you're no match for my God. Historically, most individuals and sports teams and organizations don't always handle success properly. There's a cycle of going from victory to defeat. I heard a statistic that of the 11 games in the NFL, check this out, where a team scored 60 points on one team one week. That's a beatdown, by the way, if you don't follow football. They dropped a 60-burger on a team one week, 11 times. Nine times they lost the next week. They get from a crushing victory to defeat. Few, only the great ones that consistently go from victory to victory. But as a church, I want you to know, we can go from victory to victory. Not victory to barely holding on. Not victory to backsliding. Not victory to depressed and defeated and discouraged. As individuals, we can go from victory to victory. So let me wrap up this sermon by giving you a few quick points on how you can go from victory to victory in your life. Are you ready? Here's the first one. You got to have confidence, not cockiness. Now, I'm not going to lie. If we're playing Monopoly, I'm going to get a little cocky. I'm going to be cocky when you beat me in Monopoly. Amen. I'm going to be like, yeah, take my stuff. I didn't want to win today. See, because it's fun when we're playing games. But you know what? In life, you've got to have confidence, yes, right. not confidence. Yes, Past victories can build and should build confidence. And we should not be afraid of failure. we got to be focused on victory. But confidence, or spiritually speaking, I'm talking about faith. Having faith in God is the catalyst for future victories. But you know what cockiness is a reflection of? It means I'm assuming responsibility for my success. I'm patting myself on the back for my win. Cocky Christians fight tomorrow's battles on yesterday's battle plan. Amen. See, we don't prepare for the battle, believing ourselves to be invincible. I mentioned Mike Tyson earlier. I don't know. How, I know I'm dating myself. Amen. 
But Mike Tyson was unbelievable. He was probably the greatest boxer to ever put gloves on. But you know what happened to Mike Tyson? He started believing his own press clippings. He did. They heralded him as the greatest heavyweight champion of all time. They suggested that Mike Tyson was unbeatable. So you know what he did? He stopped training as vigorously for his fights. He got sloppy in his discipline. He had a competitor that had been unheard of by the name of Buster Douglas that he did not take seriously. They say Tyson barely trained for Buster Douglas. And you know what happened? He got knocked out by Buster. When you don't take victory seriously, when you get cocky, when you start thinking it's all about you and you forget where your strength comes from, Come on, somebody. That's how you go from victory to victory is you got to keep your faith in God. Here's what 1 Corinthians 10 and 12 says. If you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. I love this verse from the message. Are you ready? I love this. Look at this. Don't be so naive and self-confident. You're not exempt. You could fall flat on your face as easily as anyone else. And I know love this last line. Check it out. Forget about self-confidence. It's useless. Cultivate God-confidence. Woo! Hallelujah. It's all right to feel good about yourself, but don't let that be your focus. Focus on greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen. Look at the nation of Israel in the Bible. The events in Israel's initial attempts to conquer Canaan showed they were able to go from victory to victory, and they kept winning. Joshua sought the Lord for the battle plan of Jericho. Jericho was an unbeatable enemy. Israel was the underdog challenger. But confidence in God's plan brought a victory to Jericho. I don't know if you realize how huge that victory was. This was like Alabama versus Atlee High School. Israel was Atlee. Jericho was Alabama. Amen. Israel, though, was so cocky in another battle against Ai that the Bible says they didn't even send out their full forces. Joshua 7 sets up the scenario like this. Look at this, Joshua 7 and 2. I want to show you what happens when you get cocky. Joshua sent some of his men from Jericho to spy out the town of Ai, east of Bethel, near Beth-Avon. And when they returned, they told Joshua, look at this. There's no need for all of us to go up there. It won't take more than two or 3,000 men to attack Ai. Since there are so few of them, look at this. Don't make all our people struggle to go up there. Ah, AI's a pushover. We don't need to send everybody up there. As a matter of fact, we really don't want to put forth the work. Don't make everybody go. We've got this. You don't need all of us. There's so few of them. Don't make the people struggle. Can I just tell you, you cannot keep winning if there is no struggle. Let me, can, I, can I tell you, if there's no opposition in your life, it's not a win. Matter of fact, you know what the rule is in football? The objective is in football. It is to take the football and to cross the goal line and score a touchdown, right? That's how you win in football. But did you know if you line up to practice and there's no opposing team, it's not a real touchdown? Come on. You're going through the motions. It looks like the play you would run. But see, if there's no opposition... It's not a score. If there's no opposition, it's not a win. It's just practice. Amen. Practice. What do you know about practice? Amen. 
Yeah, I just dated myself and so did everybody that's laughing. Amen. <laughs> Don't make a struggle. So you know what happened? Look at verse 4 and 5. So approximately 3,000 warriors were sent, but they were soundly defeated. The men of Ai chased the Israelites from the town gate as far as the quarries, and they killed about 36 who were retreating down the slopes. The Israelites were paralyzed with fear at this turn of events, and their courage melted away. Oh, there's so much to unpack in those verses. Amen. They were soundly defeated. It led them to be paralyzed with fear. You have to respond properly to defeat. And hear me, fear is not the response. Fear is not the response, amen? And because they caved into the fear, the Bible says then their courage melted away. Can I just tell somebody right now, you can win, but never underestimate your AI. Never underestimate your AI. Israel's loss at AI underscores the need for confidence, not cockiness. Second thing, if you want to go from victory to victory in your life, you got to stay hungry. Woo, stay hungry, Amen. We got to be hungry to win again and again. See, the problem is when we achieve something good and we, maybe we get to some peaceful place in God and we think we're good enough and our hunger's been satisfied and we just put it on spiritual cruise control. One salesman said this, and I love it. I wrote it down, his quote. He was talking about his life. He said when he first started, started out, he did a lot of prospecting for new clients, and he would prepare, prepare, prepare for every sales call. And let me read, read you his little testimony. He said, I would be up at the crack of dawn calling prospective clients, and before any call, I would learn everything I could about the client, the competition, the marketplace, everything. Then I would rehearse my presentation, asking all the right questions, anticipating anything that could arise, and have responses ready. Then I started making a six-figure income. I began to take my success, though, for granted, and I got complacent, and I took shortcuts. I stopped prospecting, and I relied on the accounts that I already had. I also prepared less for each call. I figured I already knew my stuff. All of a sudden, my numbers started going way down, and I didn't know why. At first, I thought it was just bad luck or bad timing. Now I realize that I forgot to do what got me there, and I love this. He said, I got to get back to thinking like a hungry salesman. I got to get thinking, back to thinking like a hungry salesman. You know what the problem is in the modern church is that Christians, we have stopped thinking like a hungry sinner. We've forgotten how bad it was B.C., before Christ. Come on, we've forgotten what our life, what the train wreck our life was. Come on, somebody, before you came to Jesus, amen. You've forgotten what it was like in those early days as a new believer when you got excited every time you healed your baby of a cold, when you got excited every time a little bit extra money got in the bank account. Come on. When you gave God the praise for every little victory in your life. We've got to start thinking again like hungry Christians. Come on. That's why we can yawn through sermons and talk through altar calls. Come on, that's why we can surf through Facebook and hang out in the lobby during praise and worship. We're not hungry. That's why we will stay home and watch church online. I'm not talking about shut-ins who can't be here, but people that can be here instead of coming to worship with other believers because we're just not as hungry 
as we used to be. Everybody, man, he's getting weaned now. No, no, no. See, that's why so many people are content to just sit on the bench instead of get in the game. There's a lot of second and third string players in the NFL that have first string talent, but guess what? They don't have a first string hunger. And we forget what it's like to feel empty because we're half full. I'm going to tell you, it's almost embarrassing. A couple weeks ago, I was driving down the road, and my stomach growled. And what was embarrassing was, I couldn't remember the last time that my stomach growled. And it dawned on me. When was the last time I was, I'm talking about physically, when was the last time I was actually physically hungry? And I thought, well, boy, you obviously have not been missing any meals, amen. There must have been a lot of snacking going on, amen. And then I realized, you know, probably the last time I was actually really hungry was the last time I went on an extended fast. And I, immediately I started thinking, when was the last time I was passionately hungry for a fresh demonstration and move of God in my life? See, the problem is when you're half full, you're not hungry. How many Christians are just content to keep moving on by because we're half full? I'm not feeling the hunger pain, so everything must be all right. We've got to get hungry again. And then the final point that I want to make about how to go from victory to victory in your life is you've got to kill complacency. You've got to kill complacency in your life. See, complacency does not attack with full force. It creeps up on you. Come on. It's the feeling that everything's on autopilot. That that creeping complacency, that feeling that victory is guaranteed to happen. Complacency feeds on the erroneous belief that yesterday's blessings will suffice for today. Complacency is rooted in an assumption that you've already paid the price, so therefore I deserve the victory. Paul said, I die daily. I got to die every day. Amen. See, some of you are wondering why you're going from victory to defeat, from victory to defeat. Has your hunger been replaced with complacency? How can you tell? Some simple questions. Where's God on my priority list? How does a praise and worship service play out in my life? And you're looking around, they're up here. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, praise him. Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. Complacency. Ah, man, I remember when I couldn't wait for them to hit that first note. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Jeremy, I don't want to embarrass you. I can't tell you how many times you fire me up, bro, when I'm singing and I hear Jeremy behind me go, Woo! I just love it. (laughs) I love it. I don't want to be complacent. In worship. Come on. Do I still cry? Can I still have joy? Can I still dance? Can I still clap my hands? Come on. How does a sermon play out in your life? How can I apply this message, Lord, to my life? Why are they always trying to encourage us? Why are they always challenging us every Sunday? Why can't he just quote a few verses about God's love and leave me alone? 
Come on. I'm talking about the complacency of the modern church. Or is it, wow, oh, Lord, you're stirring me. I got to get this going again in my life. I got I to work on this. I, I, I need to reignite this flame. Come on. Please hurry up, Pastor, not so I can go home, so I can get to that altar and pray about what you just talked about in my life. Come on, I'm talking about we got to kill the complacency. Praise me, musicians, would you come? Do you want to be a winner? Do you want to be a champion? Or do you want to be a repeat champion? Amen? I want everybody to stand with me all over this house right now. I want to go from victory to victory in my life. Now listen, I'm not Pollyannish here today. I recognize there's going to be some stumbles. There's going to be some bad days. There's going to be some moments where, where things, where you can, you can tell yourself it's going to be a good day all you want. It's still going to be one of them days, right? But thank God you at least take the attitude to say, I'm not going to let this thing beat me down and destroy me. Amen? This is the day that the Lord has made. That means some days are not just for praise, they're for pruning. I mean, some days it's like, yeah, you ain't going to enjoy this day because I'm getting the sandpaper out. <laughs> Remember that bad attitude you had the other day? <sighs> I'm going to do a little work on you today, amen? Today's not shout day, today's scalpel day. But this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad, amen? Come on, I want to be a champion, Amen. I want to go from victory to victory in my life. Hallelujah. See, one victory can't be the end. When you reach the summit, guess what? It needs to become the starting line again. You need to start all over again. The challenge for those who succeed is, where do I go from where I am? Because success has killed a lot of good Christians. But failure carries the sting of defeat, the embarrassment of not achieving, the frustration of losing. Come on, I want to tell you the true test of a champion is, what do I do after a win? Am I still hungry? So as we close this service, the praise team's getting ready to, to sing. I want to open up this altar. There it is. Remember I talked about it a minute ago, right? I want to open up this altar, and I want to invite you to say, you know what, God, I'm ready. Wherever I'm at, I'm not content there, Lord. I want to go to a higher level. Amen. You see, last year, the Dallas Cowboys, I think they finished 12 and 5 or 13 and 4, something like that. I can't remember what their record was. But you know what? They win and then they lost in the playoffs. And until they win, true Cowboy fans, we're not ever going to be happy, right? See, because we know that you can't just have a good season and then fall at the finish line. I want to encourage everybody in this room right now. Don't be content in your life and then fall at the finish line. I want to have staying power. I want to have Holy Ghost power that will lead me. So as they begin to sing, I want to invite you to come from where you are. And I want you to say, God, I want you to renew my strength today. God, I want you to give me fresh power and fresh vision and fresh purpose for my life today. Amen. Come on, let's worship God with the team. Amen. Are you ready? Nations are shaking and every curse is breaking. Struggles are Come on, that's it. I want to go from victory to victory in my life. Things are Foundations are shaking and every curse yeah. 
Yes, God, I want to go from victory to victory in my life. Yes, yes, yes. Foundations are shaking and every curse is breaking. Him right now, all over this house together. 